Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey gorgeous, it's Denise here and welcome to another shiny brand new episode of Chill and Prosper. Today we're talking about balancing between faith and fear and really how to know the difference because when you are in the personal development world, which I have been immersed in for a long time actually, even when um, I was at university, I was in a leadership organization called ISEC, which was all about um, personal growth and personal development. I've always been surrounded by people who read personal development books and, you know, positive people. And yet there's still times where I have to really balance that between like where do you listen to that intuition and fear that says no, um, we shouldn't do that and when do you just push through and just go, no, I'm going to you know, affirm my way out of it and I'm just going to suck it up and, and do it. And it, it's really tricky but I think there's some nuances here that we can um, really start to learn and listen and that give ourselves permission to have discernment and to make decisions from our internal place and not kind of swing between, um, you know, wishful thinking, but also in that fear and scarcity, right? So I, um, there's a couple of things that I live my life by, right? And one of them is I really try and live an abundant, um, like, mentality, that there's always more, there's always a solution, there's always, um, you know, good things are happening for me. But you know what? I wasn't always like that. Um, I grew up uh, with a single mom um, who was very, very young when she had me. But she's also a very magical thinker. You know, she was always just like, "Ah, oh, things would work out. And I actually found that growing up in that environment where things were very volatile, um, I actually had a lot of fear. And I would be hypervigilant and worrying that bad things were going to happen. And I really struggled with my mum's kind of mentality because she'd be like, oh, everything's going to work out. And it would. But I felt like I took the stress for her in lots of ways because I would worry about the things and I would worry. And she'd be like, oh, I just won $5,000, you know, at bingo or I won a fruit machine, you know, sorry, a meat meat platter. So I don't know if if where you are this is a thing or if it's just an Australian thing but like you can go to a meat raffle at like the local club and you buy a ticket and you might you might just win a tray of meat and you just take home like a tray of sausages and steak and just take it home with you in the car um but that sort of thing would happen to my mum all the time but like I would be the one having sleepless nights you know thinking oh my god something bad's gonna happen so I actually had to teach myself to have a more positive mentality and the um, where that changed for me, I read a book when I was 14. I used to go to this um, secondhand bookstore after school because I'd always lose my keys and forget to take my keys home. ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD. So I would be locked out of the house. I'd go to this bookstore and I would read books in the aisle. I very rarely would buy any because I didn't have any money. But I picked up this book and it was a little book with um, a red cover. It was called The Magic of Believing by Claude M. Bristol. 
And it was one of those books that um, were kind of popular at that time where it was like a, you know, a positive psychology book about changing your thoughts and things like that, very much geared towards men and very much geared towards like, you know, a salesman kind of thing. But it really blew my mind because it was the first time I realized, I was like, oh my God, you can change your thoughts. Oh my God, you can choose to think in a different way. Oh my gosh, you can choose to, I don't know, believe something different. And then, then what? Then it like actually comes true. And so it was my first time of realizing this thing called the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Of going, wow, when you think positive things, sometimes those things come true because you're looking for them, because you are expecting them. And sometimes there's this magical thing that happens that you do manifest good things, right? It blew my mind. And that then led me to, you know, all sorts of personal development books and manifesting books and things like that. Um, And so I do have this mentality. There's always more. There's always more money. Good things are working out. But how do you balance that between faith and fear? And when does it tip over into unhealthy kind of patterns? You know, when does it tip into ignoring your intuition because you're kind of gaslighting yourself into going, no, everything's going to work out. Nope, think positive, think positive thoughts. Um, And I think this is a really timely discussion at the moment because there is no doubt that for a lot of people, the economy in various countries, interest rates, inflation, things like that, are making things more difficult for people. Okay, and so that that is just a reality. It's a reality. And I struggle sometimes when um, occasionally I get interviewed by like mainstream media and they're like, what can people do if they're feeling like, you know, there's no food in the fridge? And I am not going to be that privileged asshole that is telling some, you know, single parent on, a, you know, government welfare oh, just think positively, babe. Just think positively and food will magically appear in your cupboard. I do not want to be that person because there is no doubt that there is income inequality in the world, that there are people who do not have the bandwidth um, to think and magic themselves out of a different way. Like there is reality in this world, okay? So what do we do then when we go, okay, people aren't buying you know, I am in debt. What do I do in that in that way? So my viewpoints on this is you don't have to ignore reality, but sometimes there are things that are in are in our control. Okay. We can't control the economy, we can't control taxation, we can't control so many things. What can we control? Okay. My idea on that is we can control our self-love and acceptance. And this was the game changer for me, game changer beyond anything else, because I realized I was in some really bad financial um, situations, especially like as a kid in my 20s, for sure. And the thing that was a game changer for me was learning to like and approve and accept of myself. Okay, reading Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, was a game changer for me. And you know, as you read it, if you've read my books too, you'll see that like I am like a grandchild of Louise Hay. Like there's so much that I've learned from her and assimilated into my work. And hopefully I haven't directly copied anything, but she is like 
there is a direct line of my work to her work. Um, and she was of her time too. So I know there's some criticisms of everyone, everyone in the personal development world. But she taught me to love and approve of myself. And that was her first work. She would have um, workshops for people with AIDS and who were rejected and marginalized by people. And can you imagine the self-loathing and shame that would have come from that? And she would have these little meetings and she would give them a mirror and she would say, look into the mirror and say, I love you. I accept you. I approve of you. Can you imagine how life-changing that was for people who were told, you know, their lifestyles were evil and they brought this on themselves, not just coming from their friends and family, but from their government, from, you know, TV, from movies, from the news. And that simple act of looking in a mirror and saying, I love you. I approve of you. Does that change their circumstances? Did that magically cure them of AIDS? No. And there's definitely been a trend in personal development to go, you know, just love and light your way out of any disease. Diseases exist, but it's just a thing, right? If you've got a chronic illness, you didn't wish that on yourself. And I definitely apologize if in earlier in my personal development career, there's definitely times where I've like shared kind of that message. Oh, everything's thought. No, um, but you can try and work on loving and accepting yourself just a little bit more, just a little bit more, because that makes the difference sometimes in um, like if you're if you're too scared to step out and do things, you know, if you're if you've got imposter syndrome, if you're worried about um, starting a business or growing your business, really the first thing to work on is love and acceptance because you can't control who's going to buy from you, you can't control how you know you're going to be received in the market. You can, you know, you can work on it with marketing. But it's going to be really, really hard to do a lot of those things when you are basically telling yourself you're not good enough. You suck. No one's going to buy from you. And hey, guess what? That's not going to cure it either. I still have those feelings heaps of the time. Like I still have imposter syndrome. But I do fundamentally like and accept and approve of myself as much as I can most of the time, more often than not, more often than I used to. Okay, that's all you can do. Okay, so when things feel like everything's against you, that's what you can do. That's what you can work on. Um, I love and approve of myself. And you can do that in lots of ways. You can do it with mirror work, which is really powerful. Looking in your eyes in the mirror. I love you. I approve of you. I accept you. You can do it through things like tapping, emotional freedom technique. Even though I have this imposter syndrome. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. That's life-changing. That's life-changing work. And that is always going to be something that you can do. Regardless of your circumstances, you can be the one in your corner. You know, you might not have anybody who understands your goals, your dreams, your desires to create a business or to create financial freedom. You might live in a town and no one's heard of manifesting and you feel so lonely and you're like listening to podcasts like this or you're reading my book and you're going, I think there's a different way. And people are going, no. Um, You might be in a family that nobody understands you. You might be in a relationship where your partner doesn't understand and support that. But you can do that for yourself. That can be the gift that you can give for yourself. 
Um, and that's the most important thing. And if that's the only thing you take away from today's episode is to love and accept and approve of yourself a little bit more. And you can do that from your, your body. You know, you can love and accept and approve of your body a bit more. You know, I, and I remember doing this very early on in my personal development journey. I would lie in bed at night and I would go through each body part in turn and say, I love you. I love you. I'm sending you love because I wanted to fill myself up from the inside out. I wanted to do everything I could to remind myself that I was deserving, deserving of love, of money, of success, of good things happening to me. And I had to do it by literally sending love to my toes because I realized that as I went through each body part, I was like, I had a negative thought about every single body part. And it was symbolic of how I felt about myself and what I believed I deserved. So I was like, I'd start with my toes. I love your toes. And how did we ever go, well, you've got hairy toes. So no, I can't love you. It'd be like mm, ankles, mm, more like cankles. Um, every single part of my body, I had something negative to say about it. Every single part. And you might think, oh, well, what's that got to do with money? Well, it did because I had to learn in every single aspect of my life, I am deserving. I am worthy. And it literally had to be from me loving on my toes and being like, toes, thank you so much for giving me balance. And thank you for, you know, my stomach for holding me up and my core. And I had to do it because when you're so self-loathing in every way, it can be really hard to attract good things into your life. It can be really hard to appreciate and see a way out. And that's not, again, it's not magically necessarily going to change your circumstances, but it gives you more bandwidth to create something different. You see an opportunity, you go, yeah, maybe I can, maybe I deserve. You just have more bandwidth when you're not spending so much time in fear and stress. Okay. So that's your job is to, when you go to bed tonight, love on your body and once you feel like you've done all the things you can do it from you know I love my heart I love my kindness and then you can just you know just make it part of who you are and you don't have to do it every night forever but you'll you'll realize there'll be so many negative thoughts that you have about yourself okay let's take a quick break and then when we come back um, let's talk a little bit about your capacity for risk when to make decisions, when to leap, when to follow your fear, when to follow your intuition, and all of those good things. All right, I'll see you in a sec. Hi, I'm Jessica Grace Coleman from England. I'm the host of the Travel Transformation podcast, author of the book Intentional Travel Transformation, and founder of the Travel Transformation Company, helping people to boost their confidence and flip the script on their lives through the power of travel. I've read Lucky Bitch, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, Chillpreneur, and Chill and Prosper when it was re-released, and I have loved every single one of them. Denise is so down-to-earth and funny. She explains things simply and effectively, and she inspires me to really believe in myself and go out there and make money while also helping other people. I was a lucky bitch myself when I got to meet Denise in person this year at an event in London, and I even got to attend a VIP breakfast with her. She was so lovely and warm-hearted and welcoming, and she absolutely killed it on stage during her speech. So inspiring. Now, every day, I tell myself it's my time and I'm ready for the next step. Thanks, Denise. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about balancing between faith and fear today. And just a little reminder, too, is that um, 
everyone has different relationships to both faith and fear. And this is where I start to see it through the lens of money archetypes. Okay, so I'm certified in sacred money archetypes, an amazing um, framework by Kendall Summerhawk. I have a quiz. I have a whole course around it. Um, If you don't know what your archetype is, you can do the quiz at denisedt.com slash quiz. You can get a free workshop which tells you all about your archetype. And um, the reason why we do this too is because we all have different relationships to money. Okay, and faith and fear, especially around money. And every archetype experiences this in a different way. So let me give you an example is I um, I am a ruler archetype. And so rulers are very much about um, work, achievement, success. And, you know, just like there's always we can monetize anything. Right. We can always see an opportunity in, in everything. Um, my mom growing up is an alchemist. So my alchemists are always like, oh, there's always more money. Money will just appear. Um, and they're really good at starting things, not so much finishing things. They have a lot of ideas. They can be a little bit flaky sometimes, but they're incredibly lucky. And so I would be like, well, you know, what's the process to, um, you know, getting out of debt or what are we going to do next? I always wanted to know what the plan was. And my mum would be like, oh, everything's just going to work out fine. And then it did, right? But that would cause me a lot of anxiety. Um, If you're an accumulator, for example, accumulators don't like risk at all. So accumulators go into the personal development world, the entrepreneurial world, and they're going, oh my God, everyone's just flying by the seat of their pants. Because I know a lot of the early seminars that I went to, they'd be like, take the leap, you know, just quit your job, take, take the leap, build the plane while you're flying it. And that can be very motivating for certain personalities. Mavericks love it. Alchemists love it. Rulers are kind of like, yeah, cool, I, I can make it happen. Um, but accumulators freak out and they go, no. I need to know the plan. I need to know it's going to work out. What if this happens? What if this happens? It's out of integrity for me to do that. Um, but also uh, accumulators are very much ruled by fear of loss. You know, if I run out of money, I'll be homeless on the street. If I dip into my savings account to do my business, you know, I'll, I'll be homeless on the street. If I quit my job to start my business, what if the economy goes bad and I'll be homeless on the street? And so you have to um, understand your own relationship between faith and fear and optimism versus kind of pessimism in a way and find what that balance is for you and how then that relates to your business so it doesn't sabotage you. Okay, so as I said, you can just go find out what you are, denisedt.com slash quiz, and you'll be one of eight archetypes. And everyone has their own path to follow. And the problem is when you're listening and taking advice from people, you have to filter it through the fact that they've got their own money archetype and you've got your own money archetype. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anyone's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just that you have to honor your path and your money archetype. Okay. So for example, the idea of quit your job, just quit your job. Okay. So I... Because I grew up, again, in a very kind of volatile situation, my mom would, we would move every four to six months. 
And there's like she would just pack up a house in a day. It was not daunting for her at all. Um, you know, we'd change schools, but like it just that newness was not stressful for her. I know people who've lived in the same house for 30 years and their parents sold their house and it took like three months to pack up the house. And I just never understood that. And so I would be very much of like, just quit your job and start a business. That was my whole 20s. I would just go, I'm bored with it now. I'm going to start a business because I was fine with living paycheck to paycheck. I was fine living day by day. It wasn't stressful for me because that's all I knew. When I started business coaching and people would go, I really want to start a business, I'd be like, great, just quit your job and start your business because I knew that the adrenaline rush for me of having to make it work was really motivating and I wasn't scared of it. Not realizing that for some people that was paralyzing. That was so stressful. They needed to build up to it first, maybe take on a client you know, after hours and then maybe go four days at work and then three days at work and it would it for some people it might take years to feel ready to go into full-time entrepreneurship so you've got to look at your own capacity for risk around that right i actually find now now that i have kids now that i have you know several mortgages i've got responsibilities i've got staff i am financially responsible for family members i have dogs like all of those things i've property that I have to take care of, my capacity for risk is a little bit different. But that also means that I've had to learn to be okay with saving money because I never saved money. Like we never had a band, like, um, sorry, a, a cushion. We never had a buffer growing up. It was like sink or swim, like make money, hustle. And so I had to acclimatize myself to having savings, having investments, having a rainy day fund. If you're an accumulator, by the way, you just – this sounds so alien to you, but this is also going to help you to understand um, other people's behavior and that other people don't need 10 years worth of savings in the bank to feel safe and secure. Some people can, some people have nothing and they're fine. Um, And so mine has changed over time. And so then you start to increase your capacity for um, like peace of mind or increase your capacity for savings or increase your capacity for risk because you might go, okay, well, when I've got this amount in my bank account, then I'll put 10% into a fun money account or a silly money account or a risky kind of account, right? And so then you have to then balance between what do I really want? You know, when to say yes or no to new opportunities, when to tighten up boundaries, when to invest versus when to save. You have to then give yourself permission to know what works for you and not be shamed by it because, you know, when people, um, you know, they're like, oh, don't be be cautious, Um, you know, just throw caution to the wind. But that doesn't, again, that doesn't work for everybody, right? And so when is it procrastination? Or when is it, it's just not the right time to make the decision yet? When is it intuition versus procrastination? You know, when people are like, oh, it's Mercury retrograde or it doesn't feel right yet. Sometimes that tips over into procrastination and you just have to make the leap and just do it. You know, if you're always waiting for like the green signals, go signals, it doesn't always come. Especially when it comes to doing something scary like launching something. 
it's not it's not always going to be the perfect time. And so I see people then procrastinate going, you know, my intuition saying not yet. And you go, mm, is it? Or are you just scared? Because there's always another Mercury retrograde coming, but like some point you just got to do it, you know? So I guess when we come back to this question and how to balance between faith and fear, um, I don't know. I wish I had a good answer for you. I really do. I know sometimes I have been scared but still really wanted to do something anyway. Like when I was writing my first books, I was like, I really don't want to do this. I'm so scared of it, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And what really helped for me in that situation was public accountability. I said to people, hey, my book's coming out. Hey, my book's coming out in three weeks. Hey, here's the um, waiting list to find out more about my book. Hey, here's the link to pre-order my book. All of those things were public accountability for me to keep on going if I just relied on me into on my intuition do I feel like doing this no no one's ever going to feel like doing things like that out of their comfort zone right and so sorry for knocking the microphone there um sometimes you just have to go forward even when it's scary even when you're you're not sure if you have that faith yet even the fear, even though the fear is big. So when I was um, a kid, as I said, I was I was quite fearful and scared of everything. And I remember it tipping into um, like social anxiety. And I was, you know, watching Oprah after school and things like that. But I remember hearing this affirmation. It's not even snappy. It's nothing of it is snappy or memorable. But it was fear gives you the... Um, Fear gives you the energy to do your best in a new situation. Fear gives you energy to do your best in a new situation. As I said, it's not it's not catchy. I love catchy affirmations now. But it really helped me because I would be standing like in a queue um, like to buy McDonald's or something and sitting there and my heart would be pounding. I'd be like, what am I going to say? Am I going to say the wrong thing? And it would just be like, oh, fear gives you the energy to do your best in a new situation. Um, and then I used it for job interviews and when I had my final exams and things like that. And so fear itself isn't a no signal. Fear itself isn't like a permission to not do the thing. Sometimes fear just gives you the energy to do your best in a new situation and to have the awareness. And it's because you care, right? So I think my advice to you is find out what your archetype is, your money archetype. Again, free workshop, denisedt.com slash quiz. Um, you get a couple of videos, tells you what your archetype is, um, you know, how you can use it in, in your business, in your life, in your money and all that kind of stuff. And then give yourself permission that maybe you have different standards than other people. Maybe you need different information. It's okay if you like to jump in. Don't let other people shame you for it. It's okay if you need a bit more information. Don't let people shame you for it. Okay. And then once you do that and you have that self-acceptance and you love and accept yourself more, it really does give you the bandwidth. And then you can sit and say, what do I want to do? What is my next step? What do I feel like doing? What would feel good? What feel, what doesn't feel good? And then you can make those decisions from that. You know, like even for clients, for example, what feels good? What doesn't feel good? Who feels good to work with? Who doesn't feel good to work with? And then you give yourself permission. It's okay to outgrow certain clients. It's okay to set boundaries with clients. It's okay to fire some clients, right? Or to say no to some opportunities because it does not feel good for you. 
And it's really hard to do that if you don't have the bandwidth to do it. All right. So hopefully this episode has been helpful and to give you some energy to take action on some things on your list. All right, but don't go away. I've got one final thought for you straight after this quick break. My name is Lynn Marion. I'm an intuitive life coach. And prior to joining Money Bootcamp, I honestly wasn't feeling keen at all about tracking money, talking numbers, anything money related really was not interesting to me. But ever since I joined Money Bootcamp, OMG, thanks to all of this amazing community support, the tips and advice given by Denise and all of the members, I honestly feel now like money is fun and it's such an essential element of a business that I'm so grateful that I now have shifted my mindset and my relationship to money. So I can only thank Bootcamp for this change and transformation and it's really helpful. Thank you. Okay, welcome back. I love the quote attributed to Joan of Arc that's, um, I'm not afraid I was born to do this. And I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, oh my God, that is so like badass. You know, like what an incredible person to be like, to have that conviction of self, right? I'm not afraid I was born to do this. But you know what? It's okay if you don't have that because there's so many times you're going to experience fear. And it's okay, like absence of fear is not the goal. Absence of fear is not your goal. Your goal is just to feel a little bit more excited or um, than your fear some days. Or sometimes it's like the Susan Jeffers quote, which is like, feel the fear and do it anyway. I like that version rather than I'm not afraid I was born to do this because I feel like I was born to help people. I feel like I was born to do the work that I'm doing. But I'm still scared all the time. I still get scared about speaking on stage. I still get um, imposter syndrome. Does that mean that I wasn't born to do this? No, it just means that I'm a human being. Okay, so Susan Jeffers, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's okay to feel fear. It's okay to be scared. Um, and you can just do what you can do with what you've got. You know, sometimes it's a baby step forward. Sometimes it's it's doing something that is a giant leap that is going to propel you to the new phase. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just a baby step. Sometimes it's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Okay, so... Ah, I'm always here to encourage you if you need any um, help and support or if you just need someone to tell you, you can do it. You can always DM me. Um, my social handles are at DeniseDT. If we haven't connected on social, I, I'm happy to give you that cheerleading. But really, it comes down to loving, accepting and approving of yourself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. It will change your life. All right, go forth and do the thing. And I will see you next week on another episode of Chill and Prosper. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.